Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, and actionable steps to help you jumpstart joy in the world, in your life, and in other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. This is episode 189. On this week's show, I'm really thrilled to have Kelly Denethor joining me. She is a transgender advocate. She teaches middle school math, and she is a fashion blogger, and I think you guys are just going to love getting to know her. Kelly started her blog in 2010, and it began as a place for her to explore her love of style while she was exploring women's fashion. Kelly was born as a male and is transitioning to female, and and during the time writing her blog has used the titles transvestite, crossdresser, and now transgender non-binary. She talks about all of these things in this week's show, and I cannot wait to share them with you. It is a really lovely discussion and a very beautiful view into what it means to be a transgendered person in today's society. Before we get to that, I want to give you all a very warm welcome and say thanks so much for tuning in this week and always. Jumpstart Your Joy is a podcast that comes out on Tuesday mornings and... It is all about looking at the inspiration, intention, and action that goes into your daily joy. And in the month of June, I have a couple of really exciting and fun things going on in the world of podcasting, which of course is one of the things that I love to do, and I am a producer of several podcasts. If you are wondering what it would be like to start a show, I invite you to join my five-day Plan Your Podcast Challenge, totally free. It starts June 10th, 2019. And we go through the basics of what you need to have yourself ready to go with the show. So what is the title? What's your topic? What kind of hardware software you need? And the basics of creating a mission statement. So you will be ready to begin working on a show after those five days. Shortly after that, starting on Thursday, June 20th, 2019, I am going to be running my much-beloved Jumpstart Your Podcast, which is a seven-week boot camp where you go from idea to being able to launch your very own podcast. I really love working with the coaches and healers and medical professionals and writers that join this class. They come together and we walk through all of the groundwork to start a show. We also walk through how to do interviews, how to pitch people, how to write show notes and how to get into the social media and promotion and actual launch and hooking up of your show on the back end. So we deal with both the technical aspects of creating a podcast along with some of the vulnerability and fear that comes up when you start to craft something that is so close and personal and that is your own voice in the world. And it is so much fun. It is really a great experience. So For either of those, if you go to jumpstartyourjoy.com, you'll see a button for both of them on the homepage. And I really hope you guys will join me. If you have any questions about them, you can also email me about that or about anything at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com. And while you're over at the website, of course, you can also find the show notes for this episode, which are at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Kelly. And I will be listing the links to Kelly's website along with a couple of the other things that we talk about in this interview. 
I'm super excited to have Kelly Denethor joining us this week on the show. Kelly, of course, is an educator. She teaches middle school math in um, the Central Valley of California. She was a religious studies major, like I was in college. And over the last year, she's gone through quite a bit of transition in her own life. She is transitioning from male to female as a transgender non-binary person. And she also, for the first time, has started teaching at her school as a woman when she had previously been presenting as a male. And I just love what she shares and the stories that she goes into about this transition and about what it means to be transgendered today. I think you are going to really love the light and levity and just sense of humor and grace that Kelly brings to this discussion. And I really hope that you'll get a lot out of her description of what it has been like to be on a journey such as hers. So let's get on to the show. Welcome to the show this week. I am so very delighted and excited to have Kelly Denethorn on. Kelly is a teacher, she is a blogger, and she's a transgender advocate. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so um, happy to be here. <laughs> it's a delight. It is really a delight to have <laughs> It is. Um, it is well, a delight to have me. Thank you for saying that. I agree entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> Uh, would you like to tell us what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Um, my earliest sparks of joy came from being with my sister. Um, mm-hmm. I can remember that for you know the longest time. That's probably my longest memory of just how um, enjoyable it was hanging out with my sister. I don't think it was very enjoyable for my sister. She's an older sister, about two and a half years. And so I'm sure I was a complete and utter pest to her. But I was always thrilled and happy to, whenever I could be around her. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to share what it is that you do now and who do you work? With? I do a variety of different things. My, uh, my main nine to five job is I'm a middle school math teacher um, in Porterville, California. So I work for Porterville Unified School District. Um, it's very exciting, <laughs> very exciting school district. Now, it's a very lovely place to get to work. Um, that's one of my jobs. Um, I also am uh, an outside math consultant. Um, and so I work with a company to go into school districts to help elementary teachers to better teach um, mathematics. So for, sometimes for them, I operate as a, um, as a teacher coach where I'll work one-on-one with teachers. And sometimes I work with them as a presenter um, where we go in and do presentations to larger groups of teachers. Um, yeah. And I do lots of little side gigs. And so I, you know, I blog, which is a very exciting, very well-paid position. You know, it's, 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 oh my God, it's amazing. The perks that you get from being a fashion blogger. Oh goodness. And I also do little things like, um, do something, it's called teachers pays teachers. So if you go to teachers pays teachers, then you can find my very own teacher work uh, there and you can buy it or you can have some of it for free. That's cool. So are yeah. those like um, lesson plans that someone could download or use? Um, they're more like lesson activities, mathematics um, activities that I designed for use in my own classroom. So I designed my own curriculum for use with my students to help them to better understand mathematics. Um, and then I can put it onto the site. And then um, if it's like something small, I typically put it up there for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I put some time into it, then I have a nominal fee. Very cool. Oh, yeah. 
very exciting. Everybody loves middle school math, right? I mean, come on. It's like the favorite time of our lives, middle school and mathematics. Oh my God. It was not my favorite. I hated math. I didn't really like middle school. So yeah, you would have been a joy to to, uh, have spent time with because yeah, I'm the one that would have been crying in the corner. I'm sure you would be great in my math class. I probably would have been. Yeah. Over the last year or so, you've made some pretty big changes. Yeah. do you want to talk about that, how that's impacted your your life and your day job and all of it? Because um, I think it's it's a super inspiring story. Oh, thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, within the last year, um, specifically the last year, I mm-hmm. um, decided to uh, transition. Um, and so involved in that was going ahead and legally changing uh, my name and my gender, mm-hmm. uh, which I got completed on uh, June 28th um, of 2018. <laughs> and I think that it cost me about $480, 500 bucks. I get to go ahead and change my name and my gender. Yeah, but no, it was a super process. But um, then the question really became was, you know, what about the children? Um, yeah. What am I going to do as a teacher? Because I had left my job the year before and people, I had started coming out as transgender um, prior to legally changing. Mm-hmm. And um, so people at my job, they knew. And so they're like, so you know, are, what, what's going to happen next year? What, what are you going to have the students do? And I said, you know what? I don't know. I really don't. Um, however, once I went ahead and actually legally changed my name and my gender, um, I decided, yep, I'm, I'm going to go into work as me. Um, mm-hmm. And the students are going to call me Mrs. Denethorn. Uh, my wife actually works at the same school site that I do. Um, so I teach mathematics and she teaches language arts. And so we had the debate for a while. We're like, oh, my God, there's going to be two Mrs. Denethorns on campus. What, what what will the students do? What will happen? <laughs> but, but we decided, you know what? They're going to figure it out. They're going to roll with it. and They're going to be cool. And mm. they really have been. Um, uh, I, so I've had students last year um, as seventh graders that had me as Mr. Denethorn. And this year, some of them have me again, and uh, they all are totally fine with referencing me as Mrs. Denethorn. And um, like within the first month or two, several students, they would misgender me through pronoun usage mm-hmm. um, or something. And then like a student next to them would smack them on the arm and be like, she uses she and her. Come on, get with it. What are you doing? And so that was just hilarious to see the students correcting each other that way. So the students have been great. It seems like it's been overwhelmingly positive. And I don't know, was there anything about the, the transitioning of name and gender that surprised you with the student? I, it kind of surprised me with like how how well they went with it. And and as well, like that it's better now. Things are better um, in my classroom. I've always struggled with, with discipline um, mm-hmm. in my classroom. And um, I've had a tough time with that, with making sure that I remain emotionally stable. And so transitioning has really tremendously helped me in that manner. But surprisingly, it helped it helped my students as well, because I think that middle schoolers are really good um, BS detectors. Mm. And yeah. so they can like kind of read when you're not being honest with them and such. They can kind of tell. And so probably the last five, 10 years, I went into work in a very mixed gender format. And mm-hmm. so I wore women's jewelry and had a, you know, um, a woman's phone case and a wallet and my fingernails were painted pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't like out as trans. And so uh, when I did choose to transition, 
It's kind of like the students were like, oh, now I get it. Now mm-hmm. I understand. And and so it's really helped build good relationships mm-hmm. with the students. And so discipline issues in my classroom have really seemed to disappear um, mm-hmm. in many ways. And so since I'm a lot more calm and self-assured in who I am and not terrified of being persecuted for who I am. It's just lovely now in my class. After 23 years, I'm like, oh my God, I actually like teaching. Well, and that is amazing. And I know you have an amazing blog post that went up today as of when we're recording this, but about some of that journey. And maybe this is a great time to kind of bring in your blog and how it is so tied in. It's called An Ordinary Style, which I love the name of. (laughs) So good. Um, Thank you. It strikes me that style is a very interesting thing about how it um, kind of reflects who we are in many ways. And and so I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about how your journey has unfolded and how that blog has played a role in it. Yeah, it was really interesting when I first started my blog because I, um, at the time, I was uh, referencing myself as a transvestite um, Mm -hmm. of all things. And transvestite nowadays in the trans community, it's like, that's like a dirty word. You don't Mm -hmm. say that. You don't call yourself a transvestite because a transvestite is somebody that is is in it for sexual purposes. Mm, okay. However, I didn't know that. I mean, growing up, you know, pro- I probably knew the two words transvestite and transsexual, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not connect those words with me. Those words were describing somebody that was a character in a movie, Dr. Frankenberger, you mm-hmm. know, from, um, I can't even think of it. What is that it, Rocky? Rocky, Rocky, yeah, Horror? Rocky? Rocky Horror <laughs> yeah. Pictures. Though. There you go. And I definitely did not identify as that. When I finally accepted um, that something was going on with me, I kind of had this idea that like all I really wanted to do was just dress in women's clothes and express my own personal style that way. And so I started calling myself a transvestite. And I was fine with that. And I was living in my own little world. And I was totally cool with that. My wife knew. She's always known. But then I decided to reach out to to the wider community. And so I went to Google and I typed in transvestite. And I was like, oh, my God, what are these images (laughs) that are coming back (laughs) to me? This is just not this is not me, you know. And so I wanted to put out there a different image of what a transvestite could be. And so when I started blogging, it was to show that you could call yourself a transvestite and you could actually be stylish and just dress like, you know, any other average normal woman. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started my blog, but that was 10 years ago that I've been blogging. And um, over that time period, I stopped calling myself a transvestite. I started calling myself a crossdresser mm-hmm. um, for a while. And that's when I started coming out more to, to more people. I was like, I can't tell people that I'm a transvestite because they're going to get this image of just this super sexualized person. And there is something that is called transvestic fetishism. And so it is a sexual fetish and it is tied to dressing in the ways of the opposite gender uh, mm-hmm. from you. So when I started calling myself a crossdresser and all this is still on my blog. So like some people, they're like, no, 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 I've decided that I'm not this anymore. So they go back and they change all this stuff. But I was like, you know what? That's who I was at that time. Yeah. And that and that's how I identified. So I'm going to keep it up there and it's fine. 
I love that. Yeah. I, oh, I love that, you're, that you leave it there. I have the same opinion of the podcast. There's an interesting story to see how someone becomes who they are, whatever yeah. that journey is. And so I love that you've left them all up there because I Aww. think it is an interesting, it's who you were. And it reflects also a journey that probably somebody else will see themselves reflected in, in some way in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Of figuring out who they are and holistically, what does that mean? After you had discovered that maybe cross-dresser was a term that you kind of resonated with more, how did you go from knowing that you enjoyed wearing women's clothes to then knowing that you wanted to transition? Well, it's been a really, really hard thing for me to accept. And so, gosh, I would say that in between calling myself a cross-dresser and transitioning, there was... <laughs> There's a lot of territory gosh, there. <laughs> it's, it's probably eight years yeah. in between those time periods. I know for a fact that I have a reference that I call myself a cross-dresser because I came out to some friends in 2012 as a cross-dresser. And it was probably six years later that I started coming out to people as transgender non-binary. So when I was a cross-dresser, I really had this idea that said, you know what? I'm a dude. Okay, that's what I am. I'm a dude. I was born with dude parts. So I may as well just accept that I'm a dude regardless of how I feel inside and regardless of everything that I like. I just need to accept this is reality. And so I tried really, really hard to just accept that reality and to kind of satisfy myself. I mean, I hate using that because again, it may, like we were just talking about sex, right? So I satisfy myself. No. Not that kind of satisfaction. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just sort of like, I don't know. It's just like an internal feeling, like a need, like I need to do this to feel right mm -hmm. with the world. When I was cross-dressing and such, then I would only go ahead and dress um, as me, dress as a woman, maybe once or twice a month. Oh, wow. And so it'd be, you know, Saturday where I didn't have anything going on. And so then, you know, I would get dressed up in female clothes and my wife and I would go to a nearby town and go to the movies or we'd go to Costco or Trader <laughs> Joe's, you know, yeah, yeah, these very exciting things. So yeah, I tell, I get this speech and I tell people, I'm like, oh yeah, we went clubbing all the time and everything. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh -uh. no, just shopping. Okay. Right. Just the average everyday things. And so that went on for quite a long time until, and I was really debating like whether or not I should try to change my hormones. Because I was really unhappy in many ways. And in many ways, I've been successful throughout my life, but there's always been something kind of stopping me from, from truly being successful and how I felt being successful. And same thing with teaching, that I've always been a good teacher, but I've always struggled um, to be a teacher and such. And so I, I debated changing my hormones for a long time. And I came to the decision that, nope, I'm not going to change my hormones. And with me, it's really strange how I do things um, because I have a way of like figuring out how to do things, even though I consciously made a decision to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your subconscious self is coming in and being like, oh, no, no, Kelly, let's do it this way. Yeah, and you're like, oh, you know? I'm foiled again. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, it was so weird. I went ahead and I made a presentation to give to college classes. It's one of the things I like to do now is I go out to college classes and speak to them. And so I made this presentation of like basically my whole life from like the day I was born until now. Mm -hmm. And while making that, I realized I spent 90% of my nights in the women's dorm at college. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. I was like, oh my God. It's not like, because I went to them, I was like, hi, I'm trans. I'm actually a woman. So I need to be in the women's dorms. No, no. I just told my girlfriend and I went, we went to college together. And I just said to her, you know, I really don't like my roommate. So can I just sleep here? And then, and her roommate allowed it. And so I stayed in the women's dorms. (laughs) Yeah. So the same sort of thing. Like I decided to not change my hormones. However, what I did do is I went to my doctor and I told my doctor that I had a prostate problem. Mm-hmm. And um, complained about very specific uh, symptoms um, of a, of, a, of an enlarged prostate, and so they put me through every single test, and I'm not even going to describe them because they were actually horrible. And oh, you no. say this, and, yeah, and most guys are like, "Oh yeah, there's no way I would let anybody put a finger anywhere." And it's like, you know what? <laughs> that was the easiest of all of the tests that I had. You know, oh, so man. yeah, they were bad. And so the doctor got done. This was a urologist, a specialist who does this stuff all the time. He got done and he said, guess what? I can't find anything wrong with you. Mm. And I said, yeah, but I still have these symptoms. And he said, okay, well, I'll put you on this medication. I took the medication. The medication worked fine. I went into the doctor and I told the doctor, nope, doesn't work at all. But you know what you could do is that you could prescribe me finasteride. And he said, oh, okay, well, finasteride. Yeah, that, that'll help. That'll shrink your prostate. But you do know that finasteride has the side effect, potential side effect of breast growth, don't you? And I said, oh, no, really? I had no idea. So he, <laughs> Kelly, yeah. that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he put me on finasteride and I was just pleased as punch. You know, I decided to not change my hormones, but, and I got a doctor to put me on a prescription that might potentially cause me to have breast growth. Mm-hmm. And so everything was great until three months later when I went in and he said, how's it going? And I wanted him to know that it was great because, you know, I really wanted to stay on this. I hadn't had any breast growth, but I wanted him to know that this is awesome for me. So I told him, this is great. This is fabulous. It's working really, really well. And he said, oh my gosh, great. Then we're going to take you off of it because it's done its job. Mm. And I, I had a panic attack. Mm. Um, I really don't remember anything else that the doctor went ahead and said to me. I do remember making it back to my car and crying all the way back to my work and just trying to pull myself together. Cause I had a class that I had to teach after that. And it was like right there in my car when I just couldn't stop crying. And I just, I, I, I knew I had to seek therapy. I had to finally go ahead and seek therapy for my gender variance. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know if transition was the right thing. I didn't know if changing my hormones was the right thing, but I knew that I finally needed to get some help. And I've been aware um, of my gender variance probably since at least age 12. At mm-hmm. least age twelve, I was, I was, I've been really quite clear that that there is something different about me. Um, and so, at age, gosh, at age forty-five, I finally got therapy, and I started seeing somebody who specializes in gender variants. And she very quickly heard my story and was like, "Hey, maybe you should call this doctor." And so I called <laughs> that doctor, and I got an appointment, and I went in and talked to the doctor. And the doctor heard like five minutes of my story and was like, yeah, here's your prescription for estrogen. <laughs> you really need this. How amazing to find the right people when you were ready for yeah. those people and and needed them, that they showed up and they were the right ones. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, what a blessing, really. It really, really has been. I've been so blessed to go ahead and to work. Like, it's like we call it like assembling a team, right? When you have like these conditions. And so my team has just been awesome. I've just been so fortunate to work with these people. So I got my script for estrogen and I got a testosterone blocker. Um, and cause you have to block the testosterone. It doesn't stop the production. It just stops my body from absorbing it. By the end of the first day, I was like, Oh yeah, 
this is what's been missing from my wow. life pretty much the entire time. And you and, knew that quickly. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just, it was so obvious to me. Just so obvious. I didn't actually have any, I didn't have any intentions of transitioning um, at that point. I just knew that I wanted to change my hormones. That was in 2017 that that actually happened. And so it wasn't until a year later that I actually decided to legally change Mm, um, my gender and then actually start dressing as me, which was another fabulous decision (laughs) that I I went (laughs) with. (laughs) Well, and before we go into that part, if somebody is maybe in that space, either right before you had that moment in the car or they've had that inkling since they were 12 or like, you know, they're in that space of kind of feeling like maybe, maybe there's something going on here and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know. Do you have advice? Get a therapist. That's it. Get, get, not just any therapist, get a therapist that is at least familiar and, and works with um, the trans community or, or gender variant um, individuals. Um, ideally, you should get somebody that specializes, you know, in gender variants. That that really is my best advice. And I really wish that I would have had access to, to you know, such a person long ago. Yeah. Well, and I imagine most people could, there's somebody probably out there that you could find if you just look, in knowing what to look for and just saying yes to it is like, is <laughs> a step in itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's huge. That was my issue for the longest time. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. And it's like, you know, I used to be so like kind of against therapy and such. I'm like, look, if you got somebody to talk to, if you got friends, you're good to go. Yeah. And, and now I'm like, uh, no, I, I'm probably going to go ahead and, and be in therapy for the rest of my life just because I love working with my therapist. And yeah. I love working with somebody that I, I can set goals with and kind of work towards those things and such. Well, and I think there's something to be, I've, I've, I'm not currently working with a therapist, but I have in the past. And there's some things in life where it's, you're not going to get that kind of support or that kind of guidance from someone else. Like you just kind of need that specialized care of yeah. someone that can really help you out. And mine was around PTSD and stuff, but okay. I think figuring that out and saying yes i think that was one of the scariest things for me ever was saying oh my gosh i need this help and then finding the right that's person. so hard yes yeah <laughs> yeah and then you're right too finding the right person finding that person that you can work with that's a struggle in of itself yeah. and it's a huge trust thing and then it when is. it works it's amazing so yeah. yeah it is you know i just realized as we're as we're chatting here that like you, you asked about the blog and how the blog helped in, in this and i think really you know to kind of try to wrap up that thought was that the blog helped me because i was able to document my thoughts it's like an online diary yeah um it very much um so is um and so it, it gave me that place to, to kind of document these things and kind of work out my thoughts as well as bounce ideas off of other people and and kind of do that sort of thing. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember how long ago you asked that question about the blog, but I was like, oh crap, I don't think I like actually returned to that. Did you find community in some ways through the blog or have you found a community of transgendered people? I have connected with a variety of different um, communities. There is a community of transgender people within the blogosphere. My my favorite thing is connecting with cisgender people through the blog. And getting feedback and comments from cisgender people on my blog. I'm like, oh my God, somebody that's not trans reads my blog. One reader recently that wrote me some really cool letter. She's like not trans and she is also a teacher. And my blog has helped educate her about 
trans people. And I'm like, oh my God, that's that's really, really cool. There is a bit of a, a trans community in the blog blogosphere, and I do connect with them here and there. But the blogging community tends to be very sporadic, especially in the trans community. It's like, same thing with my blog in many ways, that it's like, lots and lots of blogs and then and then we transition and they're like oh blog not so important to us anymore <laughs> yeah i um, mean so i still blog here and there but then like chat boards there are several chat boards that i am a member of and those are very interesting um, to interact with a wider transgender community and so you know it might be a good time to explain as well that many people consider the word transgender to be an umbrella term okay that many different gender variances reside underneath the transgender umbrella. And so like there's one particular chat board that I go to and there are people that are there that call themselves transvestites and people that call themselves cross-dressers and people that call themselves um, transsexual and people that call themselves non-binary. And so that's a really interesting community to interact with to be able to get a wider view of the transgender community, which is cool. And there's a local place um, to me, local um, in Visalia, that um, it's a place called The Source. And they do a, like every other week, um, support group for transgender individuals. And so we go for like two hours and can go ahead and chat about anything. And a wide variety of people with different identities um, show up there. Um, and so that's been really cool to connect with them, to, to connect with people face to face. Because online, mm-hmm. oftentimes you don't know, is this a real person? Are they they being honest and forthright with who they are or what? Yeah. And, and a lot of times, unfortunately, in the trans community, there can be a lot of fantasy play mm. um, within there. So people don't transition, but then online, then they say that they have transitioned. And so they place themselves, put themselves off as something that they're not. And so that's kind of, I don't know, you always got to be careful, right? You got to be careful online. Oh, totally. So it's really cool to interact with people in public. And that's also given me a lot more opportunities and open doors for me to be able to go speak um, in different places. I was through my connection to this place in Visalia, then I spoke this year at the Women's March. Around that kind of work, has that been you more stepping into an advocacy role? I mean, and I deeply appreciate that you're open and explaining some of these things in language that I can understand and that other people can then understand and communicate to other people as well. So what brought you into that space of advocacy and speaking about your experience? Probably on, I don't know, more than one occasion, my doctor and my therapist, both completely independently, Mm. um, said to me, um, so when are you going to get out there and start speaking to people? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you are a fabulous role model for the trans community. And you're very approachable. I was like, what? I'm approachable? No, I'm not. I am not approachable. I'm a total bitch. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're approachable, Kelly. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're right. <laughs> well, what I went ahead and started in trying to do was try to like, you know, try to explore this idea, like what would this mean? And as well, I met somebody through my through my therapist. She also ran a group support thingy. And in that group support, she brought in a speaker um, whose name is Jessica Lynn. And Jessica Lynn is a trans woman who started speaking in Santa Maria, little town here in California. And she is now traveling worldwide. 
in giving her transgender speech, you know, about what her story is. And, and so she probably, I think in the last year, she's probably done her speech maybe at 300 different venues. That's mind blowing. <laughs> That's a lot it, of talking. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it really is. There was a reporter from New York that was speculating that she's probably the world's most prolific public speaker, probably does the most public speeches, you know, worldwide. Yeah. Well, and for people who don't know Santa Maria, it's a tiny town, like kind of in yeah. Central California. And it's not that close to either LA or, or San Diego or San Francisco. It's kind of out on its own. So yeah. that's an unusual place for any speaker <laughs> to come from. Yeah, <laughs> so it's awesome. very much so. And so anyway, she came to group and she was like, look, it, we need more um, trans individuals getting out there and speaking. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, you know, the the right time, the right place. And I heard that and I was like, okay, I need to do this. And so then I, I set up with my therapist a goal that said, how am I going to go about doing this? That, you know, would help me to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And so it probably took me about a year before I figured things out and got my little presentation together and started putting out inquiry letters to college professors um, around the area saying, hey, I'd really like to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to come in and speak to your class. And it's like a total like free of charge sort of thing. Like, please let me just come in and just you know speak to your college classes. And so I've gotten a few college professors to accept and gone in and started um, doing that. And I love it, actually. I'd like, I didn't know this. I didn't realize this at the time. But, you know, having been a teacher, an educator for the last 23 years, and apparently being a lifelong learner, as well as apparently I'm approachable, this has kind of given me a specific set of skills that allows me to be, apparently, I'm a a pretty good public speaker. Yeah. (laughs) From the feedback that I've gotten from people, they they like it. So, yeah, I mean, if you're interested, you can go to my website. It's denathorn.com. Denathorn.com. I will link yeah. it up too. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. have a few quotes up there from people that have seen me speak. That's amazing. One of the the words that gets used on the show a lot is multi-passionate, which just means oh. someone that has a hard time figuring the one thing they want to be when they grow up. They kind oh, of a renaissance right. soul. And yeah. so I kind of see you in that vein. I mean, math and fashion to me, is like <laughs> those are two big, like those are different worlds. And then, you know. <laughs> What are you talking about? Fashion is such a mathematical equation. I've got it figured out. (laughs) I think maybe it is though, right? Like if you're pear shaped, like there's probably equations. Probably. I don't know. I really don't. I'll leave it to you to figure that one out. Um, Well, you know, people like somebody in one of my speeches, they're like, oh my God, I love your hair. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, thanks. I really appreciate that. It's a wig. She was like, no. Oh my God, it's a wig. And so then the question became, how did you get such a great hairstyle for you? And I said, well, I, I am a mathematician. Mm-hmm. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, um, problem solver? <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I do as a mathematician. And so in many ways, you know, yeah, there isn't a mathematical formula that I do know, but I understand this idea. Here's a problem. And so there's a solution for this problem. And like in fashion, it's really interesting because I've you know worked with many different people and they're like, you know, I hate this or that, the other thing. And I'm like, well, why? And they're like, because my body. And I'm like, well, no, no. No, no, no. Don't start blaming your body um, on these things, because regardless of what body you have, there are clothes out there that will fit your body. Mm -hmm. It's just you can't have this idea that says I'm going to go to the store 
I'm going to pick up a shirt that says size M and I take it back and it has to fit. And if it doesn't fit, that means my body is broken. Right. No, 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 it doesn't. It probably means that, you know, you should just try a different shirt. Right, exactly. (laughs) Don't don't onboard the kind of baggage that comes with feeling like your body isn't working. Yeah, right. That so many people totally go to that. They totally go to that idea. So in many ways, being a mathematician has helped me in being trans and finding my fashion. And just it's kind of made me a problem solver and to approach things from that perspective. That um, it's just a problem and it just needs a solution. And sometimes it may take a few more experiments, you know, to find that solution, but always be willing to go ahead and to experiment to find a solution because it's out there. It is. Mm, I love that so much. That's good (laughs) stuff right there, Kelly. Like the whole idea too, that like you remain curious and like open to whatever that answer might be. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be the one plus one equals two. It could be something very different. I tried so many different iterations um, of things like it's hilarious. I had this thing on my blog about how to create cleavage. Mm, yeah. And so during my speech, I put up a picture that I have where it, I have amazing decolletage mm. and, and people are like, Oh my God, the hormones did such great work for you. And I was like, yeah, that's probably about two or three years before I changed my hormones. They're like, what are you talking about? How could you have that picture? But you hadn't changed your hormones. Like somebody said to me, they're like, you definitely had a boob job, right? I'm like, um, no, <laughs> I haven't. But it was just that same idea, experimenting until I found something that worked. And so, yeah, yeah it's amazing. I will link up to that blog post because I saw that as I was going through and I was like, well, there you go. Those are things I don't know. Oh, goodness. Well, I feel like we could go on and on forever, but I am. Well, yeah. uh, So maybe another time, but. um, I love to talk. If you haven't realized that, I'd love to talk. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) What a match. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will gladly go ahead and be, you know, come back, um, you know, on your program anytime that you will go ahead and have me because, you know, I'm not sure if we actually told like kind of a story in in this or if we just sort of had a good time. Before we get um, to a last couple of questions. Oh, sure, um, sure. Yeah, yeah. If somebody either would like to find your blog or they would like to, I know you already mentioned your site. What kind of advocacy or speaking work are you looking for? Or is there something? Oh, I'll speak anywhere. (laughs) I really will. If you call me and I'm available and I can put you in on my calendar, Mm -hmm. I'll do it. I'll speak. Um, Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm totally willing to do that and come, you know, for just about anything to help support the trans community. Cause I'm just, I'm so grateful to the people that came before me that, you know, did a lot of hard works that, that has made it so that my transition has been as easy as it has been. And so in many ways, I want to be able to try to give back to humanity mm-hmm. um, in, in any way that I can to, by trying to help be an educator, which is what I am at heart. Yeah. <laughs> so they can find you at denethorn.com or yeah. unordinary style, the blog. Yeah, um, like style. Yeah, uh, I will. Yeah, so it's it's also funny because I use two different names, right? So like I have yeah, my name Ke- Kelly Denethorn, but my blog mm-hmm. was started when I wasn't using Kelly Denethorn. Um, mm-hmm. I ha- I had my pseudonym, which is Nadine Spirit. Yeah. So you can you can find me online as Nadine Spirit. <laughs> How did you pick Nadine Spirit? Did that mean something to you? Uh, well, I probably went through about five or six different names. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, I had, I liked some and I, and I didn't like others. And my only requirement at that time when I chose Nadine was I was using my, when I was born, the name that was given to me was Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, but then most of the time I went by Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to have a name that was like Betty or Brooke or whatever. So it couldn't be like Bob. No, no, no. Now I'm Bobby. No, no, right. I, I didn't want that. I wanted something completely different. So I just randomly chose Nadine and I think it was for Google for blogger or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but I needed a last name. And so then I was trying like every single name that I could possibly go ahead and think of. And Google was like, nope, that's taken. Nope, that's taken. Nope, that's taken. And so I, um, unfortunately for me, I am a cigarette smoker. And so the cigarettes that I smoke are American spirits. <laughs> and so, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. So I looked down at the cigarette box and I was like, okay, here, how about Nadine Spear? And Google's like, yep, you can do that. I'm like, okay, there you go. Done. So now people look at it. They're like, oh, what is it like Nadine? Like your spirit, like this is your spirit animal. I'm like, no, no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Cigarettes. <laughs> yep. Cigarettes. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. My first or my earlier blog's name was welcoming spirit. So, oh, interesting. but it was, it was the other kind. Co- it was not cigarette. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. That's right. uh, back where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> funny. funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So okay. let's get into the last couple questions. Sure. Um, what has the crossroads of joy and purpose looked like for you? So the crossroads of living my purpose and my joy um, look like for me, apparently that that is being an, an educator. Hmm. Yeah. So I really just find, um, you know, so, such immense joy in, in educating people. And I can't believe how joyous it is to me to be able to try to help educate people about what it is to be transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, I mean, I love educating. I love being a math teacher, but being able to educate people about being transgender, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is just, this isn't even work. This is just fun. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell it just lights you up. That's so good. Yeah. And then last and most joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Um, I say, say the first thing would be um, learn to accept who you are and, and then learn how to work with it. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that's a difficult, I mean, it's a difficult thing. So a lot of people like learn to accept yourself. Well, yeah, but see, maybe what you're accepting is that you're not necessarily a great person, but you need to accept who you are before you can actually change who you are Mm. in my mind. So learn, you know, accept who you are and then learn to work with it. So then uh, secondly, um, I would say, share your story. Everybody has a story and, and in coming out to people, um, as trans, I've been shocked at the stories that people have been told me. Like one of the very first um, people that I came out to, a couple that I came out to, it was probably a day or two later, they called me up. They're like, you're amazing. We love you. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because you had, you had the courage to come out to us. And because of that, my husband had the courage to come out to me and tell me that he is actually bisexual. <sighs> wow. Yeah. And they've been together for probably 10, 15 years. Amazing. And the the gentleman in the relationship had never actually had, he had never actually had a heterosexual relationship before. He had only ever had homosexual relationships prior to her. Oh, wow. But he was so terrified 
that to let anybody know that he never told her. That's amazing. Yeah, and the courage and so just, it takes. Yeah, <laughs> step into that being, you know, of speaking your truth in that way is amazing. Yeah. So you know, so just and I've had story after story after story like that, and so you know, share your story because um, I'm sure that it's amazing. Um, I, okay, and so then last thing um, I would say would be um, always be humble enough to learn. That's beautiful. Oh, thanks. I try to be well-educated, but I also try to be willing. I'll, I will defend my position um, very much so until somebody is able to educate me otherwise. Hmm. But once somebody's able to educate me otherwise, then I'm willing to change my opinion on a dime. I love that, Kelly. Thank, Aww, you, thank you so much. Aww, Those are all you. so great. Oh, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much for being on the show with me. Oh, I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It has been such a total delight to get to speak with you and to get reacquainted. If you guys want to find out more about Kelly and how to have her speak at one of your events, you can find the links to her website at the show notes. And the show notes for this episode are at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Kelly. While you're over there at the website, you will find the links, of course, to both the Plan Your Podcast 5-Day Challenge, which is starting next Monday, June 10th, 2019. And you'll also find the link to my podcasting bootcamp, Jumpstart Your Podcast, which starts June 20th of 2019. You could take both. They definitely will feed into each other and are planned that way. So <laughs> I hope you will look into it and you can email me with any questions at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com. Next week on the show, I'm going to be diving into what I am calling my Nellie Olson moment. <laughs> And it's going to be a discussion about how fear can come into play when we are pursuing the things that really matter the most to us and how we can also work with confidence and work beyond fear when it comes up and, and how courage plays a role in all of that. I will talk specifically how that comes up around podcasting and how I've encountered some fear in my own journey here and creating a show each week and what I have done to combat it or to lovingly embrace it. <laughs> So I hope you will come on back next week as I talk about my Nellie Olson moment. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.